Good afternoon. Today I have the lovely Val back with me. Hi Val, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi Don, thanks for having me again. Um, my name is Valerie Kyo. I am a writer. I write crime and psychological thrillers. Um, I was a nurse in my day. I gave up nursing in 2018, I think, um, to write full-time. So I write full-time now. Um, I have just finished my 20th book, which is out in February. I have another book coming out um, in October. It's called, I don't know it lasts on so I can see, it's called The Couple in the Photograph. I don't have a paperback yet, but that's what it's going to look like when it comes out. It's going to be gorgeous. And um, that's out on the 4th of October. Um, and I love writing. I love what I do. I love chatting to people like lovely Donna. And, um, and that's me in a nutshell, really. That's all I do. I'm just writing. Either, I'm either writing or editing all the time. Because... Um, Publishers nowadays have a quick turnover. So I write three to four books a year. So I'm either writing a book, editing a book, or thinking about the next book, or sometimes doing all three at the same time. So it can be a bit chaotic. It's sometimes it's difficult to remember who I am, which is slightly worrying. Very worrying when sometimes when I'm actually writing about a killer and I forget who I am and who the killer is. <laughs> so that's yeah. Me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and would you like to tell us a little bit about your book that's out on the 4th of October? 4th of October is a book about a couple, and they're called Kerry and Nathan, who are married 25 years and they're celebrating their marriage. They have two children who make a poster of a photograph they had taken on the honeymoon and they have it blown up and put into the side of bus shelters to surprise them. Um, unfortunately, it's a bigger surprise for Kerry because she's actually having an affair and she's afraid her lover would see it and get upset which of course he does and then he insists that he they meet and she says no so he says she'll regret it and she does and things start happening and she thinks it's the ex-lover's fault but it turns out it's actually something else that's going on in their lives and as that's happening her husband starts becoming a bit distant um, and then more things happen and it all blows up into a big mess and um yeah and it was actually the first book I wrote that I cried when I was writing it, one of the scenes in it. So um, not that I'm hoping that readers will cry, but I hope you write. Um, it's always it's always difficult writing sad parts. Um, so um, when it's when it's sad, I'm just I have this posh light behind my computer. It's supposed to make me look nice, but it's just starting to fall down. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it, it was actually a, a book I really enjoyed writing, um, and the end is, is, is turned out quite well. I, I'm a I'm a pantser, so I never know how books are going to turn out, um, and the, the characters tend to take over as I'm writing, and sometimes go off in tangents that I don't expect. In fact, it was quite funny because this book, the idea for it, came from um, the council were doing some work on a, a very old wall outside my house. And I was watching the guys sanding down this stone without any masks on them. I was absolutely gobsmacked. So I started researching the types of stone and the problems they cause. And that led me to writing this story. And if anybody reads it, they'll see when, I, when they read it um, that there's some stones that are really dangerous and they cause severe disease and, and death if you're very unlucky. So, so it, it's just very odd where you get ideas 
for stories from. So I, I have to thank those um, workmen outside for not wearing masks to give me this brilliant idea. That's why I never ask um, authors where they get their ideas from, because I realise it could be just anything, like <laughs> just the weirdest things. Yeah, the, the, the absolute most bizarre, obscure things can trigger something in our... I think, I think writers have weird brains, and, and bizarre things can just trigger this little patch in the back of our heads that say, ooh, that's a story. And uh, that's what happens, you get a story. Yeah, I know you're, you're weird. I, I've learned this. <laughs> no, <laughs> are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not scary weird, thankfully. You know, yeah, sometimes we're right. scary weird. Yeah, sometimes we're scary weird. As long as that's just with your partners, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do feel sorry for authors' partners. They're the, they get the raw deal, I think. <laughs> yeah, and my, my husband doesn't read, so um, he's, he's read none of my books. Uh, he likes looking at the covers, that's about it. Well, that's something, I suppose. It's an interest. Yeah, yeah, he likes the covers, but he's an accountant, so he's, he's into numbers and I'm into words. That's a good combination. <laughs> yeah. Um, out of all the books you've written, do you have a favourite character? I think, you know, my, probably my favourite character is from a series I've self-published. Um, I write a series called the Hudson and Connolly series, and there's a character in that called Nicola, Nicola Connolly, and she was a nurse, and she's also a serial killer. And she's a great character to write because she's she's really evil. She does horrible things. So I can really let my imagination run riot because she will actually, she's got no morals, no morals compass at all. So she will do really bad things. And it, it's, a, it's great to write her. And it's great because I have readers saying they like her and they can't understand why they like her which is why I really like it even better. So, um, yeah, so I've written four in that series. And I hopefully I'm going to write more sometime. But I, I really like writing her character. I think, I think writing very bad characters is, can be quite fun. Yeah, definitely. A lot of people say that, funnily enough. Yeah, yeah. And out of all the books you've written, what's been the most fun scene or chapter to write and what's been the most difficult, obviously, without spoilers? Because I'm a, a pantser, every book I find difficult because I don't know what's going to happen. And it, it's very difficult, um, you know, when editors ask for a synopsis of a book and you have absolutely no idea because you don't know where it's going to go anyway. So, so I find, I think this book, the one that's coming out in October, I found quite difficult because I really, apart from that, the idea that I started with about this stone, I really had no idea. And I started writing without any plan at all um, where the story was going to go. And at one stage, I didn't know it was going to work out at all. And my one that's out in February, I was totally convinced it was going to be a disaster because like that, again, I didn't plan. And I had really didn't even have a stone idea for the, the one in February. Um, and I, I really, I have a wonderful beta reader, uh, Jenny O'Brien. She's a writer as well. And she reads my, she's my first, you've, you've met Jenny or you've, you've spoken to Jenny, haven't you? Jenny's yeah. and she reads, she's my first reader. So, um, and every time I say to her, it's rubbish. And every time she says to me, you say that every time. And I keep saying to her, <laughs> one of these days, it is going to be rubbish and you're going to be the person who has to tell me. And I thought this was going to be one, when it's out in February. Um, I really thought it was going to be the one she was going to have to say it's rubbish. And she thought it was great. 
So I think writers never know when, whether their books are good or not. And certainly I never do. So, so it's, it's, it's always difficult. So um, sometimes, sometimes I, I think the one book I found that came together for me very easily and I knew as I was writing, I knew it was kind of good was The Three Women. Um, I loved writing that and it, it, did, it did come together for me logically that makes sense so I, I kind of knew at the end that it was it was going to be okay yeah that's one of my favorite ones I think <laughs> yeah I, I liked I must have I did enjoy writing that um Stephen King says that he thinks that um every book that he sends his editor is going to be rubbish and gobbledygook as well so if he I thinks think, it I think, then that's just most writers <laughs> do to be honest and I, it's it's I often people often ask me you know what, what advice would I give and I say don't don't judge your own work because you you just can't. You need somebody you know like yourself or my friend to read uh, and and give honest opinions. And Jenny and I have that mutual agreement. We are honest with each other because the last thing you want is someone saying, "Oh yeah, it's really good," when it's absolutely not. Um, so we are honest with each other as to whether our work is good or not. I, I read for her as well, so um, it, it's it's brilliant to have someone that you can trust because it is a. It's a difficult business you know it's it's hard it's hard being a writer at times uh, i love yeah. it like it can be yeah i know it must be there must be fun otherwise i don't honestly don't know why you lot would do it because it just sounds incredibly stressful and, and, you know, it has its moments you know but i mean because jenny's <laughs> nursing and, and when i'm moaning about the job she says but you're not nursing anymore <laughs> it's very true i'm not nursing anymore so um, I, and I love what I do. You know? So um, sitting down, writing the stories in my head is my idea of, of heaven. I mean, OK, editing is it can be tough. And and there are times when I'm thinking to myself, this if this is rubbish. Well, every time I think it's rubbish. Um, <laughs> and that can be that can be, you know, hard to get through. And then you get um, you get bad reviews and they can be a bit soul destroying. Um, sometimes I, I try. A lot of readers say they never read their, their bad reviews, but I can never ignore them either. So you read them and then you try to forget about them, but they can be hard. Um, but, you know, it's it's a great job. I love what I do. So even the editing. <laughs> um, and talking about editing, when you are doing your editing, what's your most overused word or phrase that you have to cut out? <laughs> oh, my God, my editor would be cringing. Um, just, I think I had 200 justs. In my last book, cut out just cutting out that the word that is usually used inappropriately or just not essential. Um, I'm a lot better than I used to be. I think, like most read, like most writers, we learn as we go along. So I, I think I try to um, each editing process, each book I write, I try the next time not to overuse those particular words. What happens though sometimes is you, you end up using an alternative word too many times. So instead of just, I might have simply, so I might have 150 <laughs> simplys instead of just. So yeah, it is, it's, a, it's a dangerous um, thing then to, to, to just substitute one word for just a separate word. Then you're still just overusing a word. Um, I have stopped using cliches as much because my editor hates them. Um, so I, I don't try to, I try not to use cliches, but I've just broken my, I'm terrible for doing that for my glasses, swinging off it, and I've just broken it. Lucky the right 299. Um, I think most writers use cliches when they're, especially the first draft, because you just want to get the words down. 
Um, so there's a lot of cliches that I just take out then in the second draft or the third or the fourth or the fifth. I mean, it goes through the editing process. They get deleted. Um, <laughs> Uh, just is a really cover one actually as well so you're not alone <laughs> yeah it's one of those uh, that and and the, of course the nodding and the smiling my editor said to me one time you have such a, a wide variety of smiles <laughs> delete them all okay <laughs> smiles and nods and shaking of heads so they're all the yeah they're all the ones you take out um usually in the second draft and I, I think to myself that I haven't put many in and then I do a, a search for nod or smile and I realize, that, yeah, I've got 75 or 100 or 150 or 200. <laughs> and it's terrible because if you want to, if you're trying to get your word count up and you think you have, oh, you've got 8,000 words written, brilliant. And then you realize, what well, 500 of them were words you wanted to delete. <laughs> Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, see, weirdos. Don't know why you do it, honestly. Sounds too stressful. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's the weirdest or most unusual feedback or request you've had from a reader? Oh, have I had any? I don't think I've had any weird requests. Oh, how boring life I lead. Apart from, apart from can you send me a free book? Uh, uh, no. Get the odd reader who'd say, I mean, I, I obviously, like most write, readers, I, writers, I give away um, books for competitions and promotions and stuff. But when somebody actually, somebody you don't actually know, messages say, can I have a free book and I'll do a review for you? I go, go buy my free book. Go buy my book for 99p and do me a review, please. Um, <laughs> no, I haven't had any weird requests, which is very sad, really. I must be very boring. <laughs> any um, weird reviews oh you, but you, you always get weird reviews I get reviews saying that oh, one I liked that she she writes like she's a gra like writes like she's a high school girl I wish I were Fortunately, I'm way too old to be a high school girl but anyway never mind um, nothing nothing that stands out I'm sure if I went back through all my reviews I'd find you a couple of doozies but um, <laughs> you get you get people who review for uh, just who don't who put in strange things like mm, she says this or she says that or yeah uh, doesn't know what she's talking about I don't know I just make everything up that's why I'm a writer yeah I mean you know that's kind of the thing, kind of the job and kind of the point yeah yeah, yeah. um if you were able to travel to any period of time either forward or backwards where would you go <sighs> I think, can I, can I choose two places? Okay, well, first of all, I'd go back just for a while to meet my father because he died when I was five. So I only have very tiny memories. So I'd like to go back and meet him. As, as, now that I'm an adult, I'd like to go back and have a long conversation with him and see what he was really like. He was supposed to be very charming, so I'd like to have met him. And then, but then I'd like to go forward because I'm a Trekkie. I'd love to go forward and be you know, on Star Trek, basically. Go on those spaceships and have those very sexy uniforms and, yeah, have those big rooms. They always have big bedrooms in Star Trek. I don't know if you ever watched Star Trek. There's all these humongous great be bedrooms. I'm sure they didn't have them in real life. Not in real life. <laughs> I'm sure they wouldn't have them in real life. <laughs> and so I'd like to go into the future, way, way, way into the future, so that all wars and pestilence and everything was gone. 
and we're all living this wonderful life. I know in Star Wars they do have they did have fights with the Klingons and everything, but we wouldn't fight with the Klingons. No, but yeah, we'd be over that. We yeah, just yeah, want to yeah. just till them. Yeah. Forward, forward a bit, a few more centuries. I can't believe I broke my glasses. Um, but yeah. Like the future. yeah. I don't have anything to fiddle with, otherwise I'd probably do the same. <laughs> I mean, these were, these were nice too. <sighs> um, if you were to be a killer in a book, how would you kill your victims? Because it's, I mean, if I was kill, if I wanted to be a killer, I think I'd want to be a, a neat killer. I don't think because I'm not really into blood and guts and stuff. Um, so I, I just, I just, I would just want the person gone. So I, I poison them. It's, it's quite funny because when I wrote my Nicola Connolly series, um, I was still nursing at the time, uh, and which is why I use a pseudonym because. I was still working as a nurse. I didn't want to use my, my surname for my books. That's why I chose my mother's maiden name, Kyo. But anyway, the, re, the, the idea for the Nicola Connolly series was she, she poisons people. And it was, it was while I was actually, because nursing, nursing homes waste horrendous amount of medication. Because if somebody, if their, their medication has changed, their older medications has to all be disposed of. It can't go back to the pharmacy. It's, it's got rid of. And the same as if somebody dies, you could have a month's medication just come in the door. They don't take it back, it has to be disposed of. So you're talking about thousands of pounds of medication that's disposed of in every nursing home, every month. But I was there disposing this medication one month and I was thinking to myself, no, if I was a nasty person, what could I do with this medication? And I thought, well, I could actually, could I actually kill somebody. <coughs> So that's, what, that's when that series with Nicola Connolly started. She actually does do what I was thinking about. She takes medication home and she uses it to kill people. Of course. Well, I mean, what else would you do with it? <laughs> Shame to waste it, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, um, you don't get opportunities like that very often. So, <laughs> so she did. She used it to kill a few people. So I had... I've used I have used poison in quite a few of my books actually, and the one I the one that's coming out in February, I poisoned someone with with a, a garden plant actually. So, um, it's surprising what you can poison people with when you really want to. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, but I'd like I'd like to be neat and tidy if I'm going to kill off somebody, you know, rather than you know, I wouldn't be into stabbing somebody or anything like that. Not unless I really had to. If I really had to, I would, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, poor uh, Malcolm Holland Drake asked me that question, and I said I'd stab someone a hundred times. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he hasn't quite got over that yet. <laughs> I bet you wouldn't, Anna. I don't know where it came from, but it was there, like just like that. I didn't even have to think about it. Weird. I worry about myself. I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose. But you have to. You have to write these things, you know. So you have to. I mean, I have. Can't remember have I actually any stabbed anybody? I don't think I have actually. So I can't remember. I probably have. <laughs> probably wanted to. That's probably real life. <laughs> <laughs> and has there ever been any interesting stuff you found out when researching either of these recent books? Research is great, but the problem is, Donna, as you know yourself from looking at the internet, you can go in to look at one thing and five hours later 
five hours. I'm exaggerating for effect. But you know, an hour or two later, you're still there. Um, I, I, I do. I, you have to. Um, I think the one I enjoyed probably most was the last in my crime series, the sixth, where I had to research the mummification process, and that was fun. But then you'd be then you're there reading for ages about you know the ancient Egyptians and how they mummified and what you had to do and everything. And, and then of course you have to you have to um, figure out how you can use it in contemporary life. So my my um my crime series my crimes my criminal um was mummifying people, but to mummify a head is much more difficult because you have to take the brain out and everything. So in fact, what she did was she chopped the heads off. So I, I do make the process simpler because otherwise, otherwise you'd spend pages writing about this process and the readers, readers can, it's interesting from a point, but it can get bored if you're boring, if you write too much of the detail. So I, I use some of it, but to make it easier, I just chop the heads off. So then those heads, those heads ended up being um, skulls and left in a church in Dublin. And there's four of them. So the guy who found them, christened them the four Marys. And you're probably, you're too young to remember. But um, when I was a child, there was a comic called The Bunty and there was four Marys in that. So brought that into the story as well. So then I had to, then I had to go back and, and do an internet search for what the four Marys were actually called because I couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah, so it's quite often research leads from one thing to another to another to another. So, um, and it does take you away from writing for hours. But it's fun and you, you do learn some fascinating things. <laughs> yeah. well, like dragging brains out through the nose. Yeah. It's quite gruesome. Yeah. It is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've done forensic, so I know about that stuff anyway. And some pretty gross stuff. I should go to you for ideas of how to kill somebody, actually. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic ideas, Donna, how to kill a, a body. And, and get away with it too. Just little tricks that you can, um, yeah. 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 Obviously, uh, wouldn't tell everyone because, you know, <laughs> everyone would be uh, trying to kill people. But yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I totally forgot what I was going to ask you now. <laughs> Getting distracted by brains being dragged out of. Uh, yes, out your nose. I don't know. I've completely forgotten. <laughs> um, oh, what's your um, your biggest procrastination um, habit? <laughs> what's the worst thing you're always doing? Um, going for coffee. I, if I get if I get stuck, any time I have a cup of coffee. I have a cup of coffee. I must drink about. I don't drink, but I make about 15 mugs of coffee a day, but invariably they end up, you know, I might take two mouthfuls and I get back to work and then I reach my coffee and it's cold. So I, then I say, oh, I have to go make some coffee. <laughs> yeah, making coffee. It's not the, never tidying, believe me, never tidying our housework, as my husband will attest to, never. <laughs> I'm the most untidy person. I did actually, when I finished, I, I handed over my, um, my next book I handed over on Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Um, and I decided yesterday, what day is today? Today's Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday morning. And I thought now, yesterday afternoon, I tidied the office. That's so boring, <laughs> tidy places. I got, I did dump a bit of paper 
work stuff. I'm terrible for, I, I'm a very disorganized writer. So I, I will, I have lots of scrap paper and I'm constantly writing little notes to myself. like check this, check that, a name that I have to check myself or a date maybe, or something, anything. I'm constantly writing myself little notes. The problem is I don't necessarily know what I'm referring to when I look back at these things. So I'll look back at them maybe two, three days later and I find a name and I'm thinking, why did I write that down? Or a date? Why did I write that down? So they make no sense to me. So, but I'm afraid to throw them away in case in you know, a later stage they do make sense. So they all stack up. And then I'm afraid to throw them away in case when I'm editing, it might make sense. They get piled away and they shoved into a, a thing I have over there, a shelf thing. So I keep them until the last editing is done. And then I go through them and throw them out. <laughs> An absolute disorganized person. You know, typically the way I write, you know, pantser as I'm writing and pantser my organizational skills as well. And just I'm an absolute disaster. And my desk has, my desk has, I got it in Dorothy House for 40 quid. It's brilliant. It's got four drawers on each side of the leg hole thing. Leg hole thing? Yeah, where you put your feet. Um, and I thought to myself now, eight drawers, I'll be able to be so organized except things could get shoved in the drawers <laughs> so I'm just willy-nilly you know one of these exactly. days <laughs> yeah I'm the same rubbish with my uni stuff and that you know before it starts I have my units and I have everything ready and then it's just too much hard work to be keeping it organized <laughs> do you stick post-its all over your books Donna yeah, I used to love, when I was in uni, I used to love sticking post-its. All different, pay and, and, and different coloured ones. And I'd have, I'd have different coloured post-its for different reasons. But then I forget what the reasons were, so. I mean, and I'd do them and then never look at them again, generally, either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to, I used to scan stuff religiously. I'd scan pages from books, but I'd never look at them again. <laughs> it felt like you were actually doing something rather than actually doing any work at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it's quite fun. Student procrastination is pretty much up there with author procrastination. I think it's pretty. <laughs> I think you can you can do anything. Yeah, I mean, I th I think if you, I would be horrified to show you around this because I, I use one of our spare bedrooms as an office, and if you looked, if I showed you around it, you'd be absolutely horrified because first of all, I keep packing stuff for when I send out things, um, promotional stuff. So that's all piled in one box. I had some on the floor. Only my cat, Fatty Arbuckle, decided it was a great place to have a wee-wee. So he weaved all over my bubble wrap. Oh, so lovely. I was going to tidy it up when I realised it was wet. I don't know when he weaned there, bless him. Anyway, so I had to throw all that out. So that's all my bubble wrap is gone because I wasn't, I wasn't going to wash it or send out cat pissy bubble wrap. So that went got that so got tidied into the bin. Yeah. I'm sure everyone will be very grateful to know that as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. And if you're not writing or editing, what do you spend your time doing? I like walking. I go, I go, I try, I find I try to go walking every day anyway. I try to walk about between two and three miles a day. Um, 
otherwise I'm just sitting in front of a computer all day and it's really bad for your health. Um, so I do, and it, it, it tends to clear my brain a lot. So, um, and I get, I get great ideas when I'm walking as well, because, because my, my brain kind of relaxes. So, uh, well, that's what I think anyway. So it, it leaves it open to, to more ideas coming in sometimes anyway, not always, but sometimes. Um, so I, I have various routes. I either go down, I either drive to the canal, which is five minutes, 10 minutes drive away. And I walk along the canal or I walk around here. There's a river nearby. So I walk along the river, uh, which is quite nice. Oh, lovely. Yeah, it's just nice. I, I enjoy walking. I, uh, I used to enjoy gardening, but that's kind of gone out the door a bit because I just don't have time. And it's now a bit of a jungle out there, literally. Um, this weather has been really weird for gardens because it's been wet enough and warm enough. So everything's just gone. So one of these, day, one of these days, one of these days I will tackle the garden. But it's nearly winter, so, you know, next, next year's fine. <laughs> it's always next year. Mm. Yeah, who wants to go out there when it's cold? Although it's a lovely day today, but that's beside the point. <laughs> yeah, it is, but... Uh... It's just hard work. I did some yesterday, but I've got oh, so many things I keep saying I'll do when I finish a book, but then I stupidly I start another one. So um, what I have to do is tidy up my wardrobe. Oh, uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Next no, time. Yeah. Next time. Yeah. Yeah, I have that job to do as well. I have had for a couple of years, maybe. Well, I have, I have clothes hanging in my wardrobe that I moved here when we moved in 14 years ago. If I didn't wear them in 14 years, mm -hmm. I'm ever going to wear them? Probably not. I'll get rid of them one of these days. Do a charity shop. Yeah, just, just buy new ones, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've no room for new ones, so I get rid of my old ones. They say you, you're supposed to throw out clothes if you haven't worn them for a year. <laughs> 14 years is a bit past that. Yeah, yeah just, just get the whole thing and just chuck them. Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? It would take five minutes and job done. So it's fine. Yeah, but then what happened then is, do you, know, do you ever, have you ever given away clothes? And then about a month later, you say, I must wear that nice whatever. And then, I want to wear it now so yeah <clears throat> so maybe not <laughs> you have to say goodbye sometime yeah I suppose I might just go tomorrow no yeah, tomorrow. tomorrow no no tomorrow's my birthday I'm not doing any work on my birthday oh god yeah no <laughs> absolutely <Friday>. not Friday <laughs> yes Friday that's it definitely I'll, I'll message you and go did you do it <laughs> <laughs> That's just saying much I've actually achieved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, if, God forbid, you were to have a fire, which one book would you rescue? Oh, my God. I think I'd rescue my dictionary. I love my Oxford English Dictionary. I could literally sit and flick through the pages of my dictionary for hours. <laughs> I love words, looking at words and the meanings. Oh, I must use that sometime. What terrible, that is so boring, isn't it? But yeah, I think I'd rescue my dictionary. And of course, all of mine. No. Of course, yeah. My dictionary, I, I love, I have, I have a, an Oxford English dictionary and a thesaurus beside my 
computer where I'm I'm pointing I'm pointing over to my desk by the way in case you're wondering what why I'm waving over there <laughs> um, I'm lined up because it's strange although you know nowadays you can do most things on computer um there's still the odd word that doesn't come up and that mm -hmm. I will go back to my dictionary for so so I like to be dictionary plus it's a great way of procrastinating oh I have to look up this word <laughs> later, I'm still flicking through fascinating words that you would never use but love the sound of them so yeah. yeah, I've um I started um keeping a thing on the notes on my phone of cool words that I come across when I'm reading that I've had to look up that are really, really unusual. So I've got a note sitting on my phone of all these random words and what they actually mean as well. And you <laughs> so, have yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Some of them I don't even think I'd be able to. They're so out there and their meanings I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> it's hard to pronounce them sometimes, I find. I struggle with sometimes pronunciation of words. Mind you, I, I struggle with the pronunciation of English towns. Oh, God, yeah. Places like Gloucestershire, Gloucester, whatever that word is, I, that's a real tongue twister for me. And, and yeah. Worcester, 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 that place. Worcester, yeah. Worcester. Why is it pronounced Worcester? God's sake. Because English is weird. Yes, it's it the weirdest language. <laughs> I'm so glad it's my first language. Otherwise, I would not. Be able to learn it i don't think it's just mind-blowing yeah it's it is hard hard language yeah. Yeah. well i don't think i have any more questions for you unless you think there's anything i haven't asked you no you've asked me everything you know all about me now i'm sure that's i'm with you Donna. so i wish to have a mess but we're going to meet next year stoke on trend yes and i cannot wait <laughs> really looking forward to it it'll be, it'll be absolute fun it will. It's going to be such a laugh, yeah. And I can give you a hug. You can be hug. We'll be hugging. Hopefully, hopefully the world will be right next year. So we'll all be hugging. It's going to be a real hug fest, that Stoke and Trent thing. Yes, it will. <laughs> it will, yeah. If anyone actually, you know, stays at their table and manages to speak to people, that'll be a miracle, I think. <laughs> I, I'm bringing my husband. He's going to be there to guard my um, roller banner that I've got made in case someone tries to see it because it'll be so stunning. Yes, I know. I'm really excited to see this now. <laughs> it's just, I mean, I, I actually said to the company they were making, I said, if you think it's absolute rubbish, can you please tell me before you print it out? <laughs> so <laughs> I haven't got back to me yet, so I'm hoping it's not completely rubbish. But that'll be, it'll be grand. It'll be grand. It will. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's got my name on it, so. Exactly. That's all that all people need to know. They're like, ah, that's well, that's where she is. That's all we need to know. Exactly. <laughs> Donna, thanks a million again. Always a pleasure. Uh, do you just want to uh, remind everyone about your new book oh, and yes, where they book. can find out more about you? My new book is coming out on the 4th of October, The Couple in the Photograph, and it's available on Amazon, on Kobo, Apple, all kinds of weird and wonderful places. You can even get it on Waterstones if you really want to. Um, on the online, I think, not in the shop. Um, and I am on uh, Twitter at VanryKyo1 and Instagram on VanryKyo2, I think. Somewhere like that, anyway. Um, and I'm on Facebook. So, and you'll find me here on Donna's um, website. Yeah, I stalk you properly, so <laughs> always find you. Yeah, Talking to everyone until we get to meet in, in Stoke-on-Trent, and then we'll... Oops. Yes. <laughs> Thanks very much, Donna. It's been good as usual. Yes, it has. Thank you, too. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Chat soon. Bye.